Well, when I was 22 years old, I was lifting a box of clay in a van, and I twisted, and my upper spine separated from my lower spine, and I collapsed, and, and the doctors told me they didn't think I'd ever walk again, and I was completely paralyzed. Now, in that moment, I can live with that doctor said. Now, he was a great healthcare professional and very caring, or I could say, okay, what can I do? And I just started saying, I am going to start flexing the muscles of my back. See, I had a condition known as spina bifida occulta. And I had three vertebrae that didn't form properly at birth. And when I twisted with the extra 80 pounds in that box, I literally disconnected the top half of my spine from the lower half. How many times have you been dreaming of a specific goal? Only to find out that you have been spending the whole day just thinking about it. You lay out all the plans and everything is set. But something's stopping you. Taking that first step is the most difficult task. So it's only fitting that you identify what's making it hard for you. John Davis is with us today to share how he got past this barrier and conquered his life-changing experience. Join us in this episode to learn how to take one giant leap to becoming a real-life action hero, even if you were paralyzed in your lower body. This is the podcast where ambitious and busy healthcare leaders come to gain peak performance. If your play is always full, this show will help you to gain 10 hours back per week. I've been in your shoes five years ago. Perhaps you work 80 plus hours per week, fixing unplanned issues every day and having an endless to-do list. Every time you think about the way that you're working now, you feel completely drained. You know this is not sustainable. There has to be a better way. I'm your host, Sabrina Rombat, a cardiothoracic surgery PA and expert in neuroscience, psychology, and public health. I knew I had to get my life back, so I dived deep into the researches of mental fitness and productivity. After implementing the right strategies, I cut my clinical hours by a third and increased my profit by 50%. This podcast contains stories of how I did that and other healthcare experts who are doing the same thing. Together, we share with you how to gain self-mastery and improve your team's efficiency. If you're ready to take back control of your time and have peace of mind, then you are in the right place. Welcome to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. Today, we have the exciting, exciting expert speaker here, Mr. John Davis. And we're going to talk about how can you be your own hero and not really stuck and being at zero. So John has been living life proof of someone who took actions and being his own hero and turning life around, going through multiple different physical hardship from being a professional uh, fight director to stuntman for stages and screen. He has been an artistic director for three of regional theme parks, a college professor, a sword fighting comedian, mm-hmm. and, and of course, being keynote speakers. And he has achieved all these goals even after coming back from back injury where he was paralyzed back when he was 
just 22 years old. So hello, John. Can't wait for you to share your some of the amazing stories with us today. <laughs> well, thank you. It's so it's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to share some stories and and、uh, help some people break free of their of their own reaction zeros and into their action heroes. Amazing. Now, this community are these high achieving. Medical professionals of、sure. all sort, and、uh, we always have been in the round of yes, of course we know how to achieve goals, right? We learn the whole life on、uh, either grinding it, either setting goals, in just getting to where we need to go, and that constant stress of moving and restlessness of going forward. How do we really think about your story? How can we feel like we're not paralyzing ourselves from just doing things, but actually living into that hero of impact we want to? That is a great question, and, and let me let me start with the one limiting factor that stops anybody from achieving any goal, and that is their own personal fears. And their fears can be based in many things. It can be the fear of success, the fear of failure. It can be the fear of you know not being accepted or loved、uh, in some form. And the idea of when we're trying to achieve something. Can also be the fear of how daunting and how big our our goal is, and what happens is we need to start breaking it down. First of all, we need to break out of our fears. And the, when I ask audiences all over the world, "What is fear?" <laughs> the, the audience always goes silent, and then somebody in the back of the room will pull out the old trope: false evidence appearing <laughs> real. And I discard that immediately because the idea of of that being fear is doesn't match up with me scientifically because. When you think of what fear is, fear is an emotional reaction to some future event that may or may not happen with you focused on a negative outcome. So fear is simply negatively focused uncertainty. You, as high achievers in, in the medical industry, I mean, you achieve goals all the time, right? In fact, I would call the healthcare industry professionals action heroes anyway, because you know action means create motion, start momentum, or to do something. And a hero is someone who achieves extraordinary results in service of others, and that's what healthcare professionals do every day. They go out and do things to achieve extraordinary results for their patients and the people in their care. But oftentimes, when we're when we're struggling through our life, and I, I use that word very specifically, struggle, we get into that idea of struggle equaling growth, and that struggle is just a fear of it being hard. So the way we break out of that fear cycle is a, is very simple. It's, it's one of the most easy things in the world. When you look at Something new, something big, something daunting. Maybe some new new degree you're going for, or some other new thing that you've a、uh, system, process, technology that you're learning, and you're going into it. It seems so big and daunting. The first thing you need to do is exhale, because we have this natural fear response that's based in the primal fight or flight response. That the first thing we do is we go <gasps> and, we, and we hold in our air. We hold in our air. And if you've ever watched National Geographic shows on TV. You know that every episode has a doomed gazelle, <laughs> right? And and that's the key thing is we don't even think about how simple life can be. And I believe there's a Confucius thing is life is simple, but we make them hard. That's、And、exactly right. And because the complexity of things, then we can prove that we did something, right? That、um, if I continue to achieve my goal, it means something more, right? I earned it instead of. Because it's so simple and so easy, just breathe. Just take that two second to allow yourself to stop for a moment.、Right. You did not end the world. Your whole life is still ahead of you. Even just your ten other things that you still on your to do list, they are not detrimental, right? right. 
But that tiny moment of boost that gave you so much more to put you in a better spot. Right, right. And what's interesting, you know, I, I talked about that gazelle. That gazelle, it gasps for air because it's afraid of something. You know, when people are afraid, the first thing they feel, say is they, they don't feel like they can breathe, like their chest is tight. But when you look at an actor on Broadway and they're on stage in front of a thousand people and they forget their lines, they are literally trained to exhale and relax all their muscles. And all their lines rush right back into their head because they're turning off the fear response and turning their cognitive thinking brain back on. And what you said something great, you know, the to-do list. I would suggest whenever you know you're going into something stressful, write on your to-do list to breathe. <laughs> you know, right on there. Today I'm going to breathe. On the bottom of that list, add one more thing. Eight hours of restful sleep. Perfect. Right, right. 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 But Pay it's off. just like a so common sense that people thought is not important because you should just know already. But so many things that we know, even like for everybody who's listening, how many things you just know you have to, but you don't do it, despite how good it will bring to you feeling wise or physical body wise, mind wise or relationship wise. You just felt like, oh, it just default. It will just happen. But if you're not so intentional about making it happen, how are you ensure yourself it will happen? So if we don't write down, I have to breathe today. I have to sleep today. Well, right. right well <laughs> rested, not having like light shining at you, noise buzzing, right? Still worry about that email coming in. Then it become negotiable instead of our health, our body, our concentration, the energy level, how you deliver a message to other people, it all interconnected. It becomes non-negotiable. You need to learn to listen to your body. Oftentimes, it will not be too obvious. But our body gives us hints to let us know that there is a problem. If we continue to ignore them, our body will continue to work for sure, but in a bad shape. Not only it might hinder us from focusing on our goals, but it might also make our day worse. If you feel anxious, breathe and exhale to return to your senses. If your body feels tired, make up for it by taking a nap or sleep for at least five cycles. Understand how your body reacts so you can control unwanted outcomes. Right, exactly. And, and the other thing that's interesting is people sit in their present moment and they live in other moments. You, you know, we only live in the present moment. We have thought, word, and deed in one conscious moment. Our past is just a place where we have subconscious belief that is created from present moment memories. Our future is just a place where we set goals for our next present moment. But right here, right now is the only moment that you have that you can do anything. And to sit in this moment and be constantly thinking about what you have to do rather than taking small present moment actions towards those things, then what happens, everybody gets so daunted by this giant thing that they've got to get finished. And that giant thing will never magically appear in your present moment. It'll never just end, right? So you have to sit here and start stacking present moments in alignment with that goal. So don't think about, about the giant thing. Think about the small little things you're checking off that list. 
And like I said, put breathing and sleep on there as well. Oh, heck yes, right? I'm all about like, if it's a heck yes, you stand behind it and no matter what, and it feels good to you because it aligns with who you are, your value system, how you want people to perceive you. And if it's a heck no, then you should also be so powerfully saying no to people because you don't really have to explain everything. And life is not about compromising and pleasing. At the end of the day, we have to know what fulfills us. Right. So in John's point, yes, like no matter how big that goat is, it might give us that aim and direction so we don't get lost. We don't pick up a multiple different direction and end up not getting anywhere. But in the everyday, the small step, the things that you can do so simple, that's what actually will get you to wherever you want to go instead of just driving ourselves crazy thinking about all the big things that it becomes so daunting. Exactly. And the idea of, of living to please someone else means you're living their life and not your own. You know, you need to live your own excellence and let other people recognize you for the excellence that you're bringing to the table. You know, when I was 22 years old, I was lifting a box of clay in a van and I twisted and my upper spine separated from my lower spine and I collapsed and the doctors told me, they didn't think I'd ever walk again, and I was completely paralyzed. Now, in that moment, I can live with that doctor said. Now, he was a great healthcare professional and very caring. Or I could say, okay, what can I do? And I just started saying, I am going to start flexing the muscles of my back. See, I had a condition known as spina bifida occulta, and I had three vertebrae that didn't form properly at birth. And when I twisted with the extra 80 pounds in that box, I literally disconnected the top half of my spine from the lower half. And... So here I am now, and so the doctor says, we don't think you're ever going to walk in. If you do, you'll never have a physical career. And so, okay, so I can live the doctor's expectations, which, you know, great. It's wonderful. He's bringing me the information of what, what can be seen. Now, I can change my experience just by saying, okay, well, what am I going to do? And so I said, I am going to take this day, and I'm going to start flexing the muscles of my upper neck. And I'm going to slowly work down the muscles of my back until at day 28, I flexed my hips. The doctors were blown away. At day, uh, I guess it was about two months, I was walking around. At a year, I was back to being what I would consider physically normal, but not back to the strength that I was before because I was well on the way to becoming a stuntman and a martial artist, and I was a very physically fit person. But at a year and six months, by staying focused and making my present moment successful and stacking present moments towards my goals, year and six months, I climbed up on top of a three-story tower and jumped off into a fall pad. And then I went on to do over 4,000 live comedy sword fighting stunt shows all over the world, including the front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan on six USO tours. I climbed mountains. I went up Mount Sinai and Machu Picchu. And I've been done everything I've ever, ever wanted to do since just by staying very present stacking present moment memories and present moment successes so that I could create this outcome. Exactly. You focus on the short term of what can be amazing. If I can just do this one thing today, and guess what? Our brain says, I validate myself. I felt the reward and therefore I can do more tomorrow. And when we're not thinking about, well, okay, I couldn't walk, but do I allow that to be my condition or do I change the perspective? I can do something more. Yes, in medicine, we always can only provide our patients what we know from our experience, from studies. But every single person can create your own luck, your own miracle. 
right? Uh, for anybody who know why my coach is Darren Hardy. So he explains luck means you have to take any opportunity and you have to be prepared and you have to act, right? And then you have to have the right attitude when you do these actions. So anytime, if we can practice that we can receive, good things will always come to us. And I also take action just like John. I am not going to let other people's opinion just simply stop me. Let me create my own miracle, create my own luck with his little flexing exercise. It's amazing how much of shows and entertainment and then being in such a motivation now person for other people, whether you are in a state of being paralyzed, right? That's so detrimental versus people, just everyday people, but sometimes our mind or our own condition would put ourselves in the paralyzed state. Well, if you if you look at it from a mindset perspective, you know, uh, noetic science, which is Edgar Mitchell, when he came back from one of his Apollo trips, had a transcendental experience coming back to Earth. And then he spent the rest of his life studying what that was and trying to figure out scientifically what he had experienced. And what they've what noetic sciences, which is the new science he created, has discovered in the past 20 years is that they can measure thought waves and those thought waves will go to a specific point that they focus on and stop and something is happening there. So thoughts are are creative. So what we're creating, and, and now science is beginning to measure that. But if you if you jump out of science and medicine for a second and just drop slightly into spirituality, Buddha says what you think you become, you create your world. Krishna said you were the culmination of your thought. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he, right? And Jesus said, whatever you ask in God's name is granted. But Moses said God's name was I am. Well, I am is a present moment thought. It's not I will be or I was. So for me, I had to take that space of I am doing this. Now, in doing that, I had to take certain words out of my vocabulary. I took out any word that was not present moment active. I took wanting, needing, hoping, and trying right out. Because I don't want to create want, I want to create result. So I stayed focused in the result frame and my thoughts started creating results. Perfect. It's when people feel like they want it, they wish, right? And then you start waiting for the external environment, things to fill your internal need instead of John says, I am, I going to, whatever is I can, the present moment. Actually, it's not even just spirituality. If you think about scientifically, Pavlov's dog, right? The famous behavior psychologist. When we condition our brain to think about something and then it's triggered, right? With That's how behaviors change. You have a trigger, you do something, and you ultimately get to the result that you want. So if we condition ourselves to think us, how we can accomplish, how I, I can feel good now, then yes, every action will go toward that, just like how we condition and a behavior experimental. If you combining both together, science and religion and spirituality really is cohesive. Absolutely. And if you look at it from the neural standpoint, I mean, your, your subconscious mind has two specific jobs that it does. One of them is it stores your subconscious memories, your belief. It creates this underlying subconscious belief. It also shows you what you are focused on. So say, for instance, if I wanted to buy a new Corvette, I'll bet you $10 that driving down the road, I'll start seeing every Corvette on the road because my mind, the subconscious mind starts showing me the pathway. The interesting thing is a lot of people think the world is a negative place. 
So they're creating a negative moment here. Their subconscious mind is showing them negative things, and they're creating this never-ending cycle of negativity behind them. The only way you break out of that cycle is to take your present moment and actively make it a positive and successful moment. And once you start stacking those into the subconscious belief behind you, it's interesting because you decide that you're going to choose positive and successful. It starts to show you positive and successful. It's then that it starts stacking as positive and successful in your subconscious. And then your whole life gets easier. I mean, I literally have achieved everything in my life because of the fact that I changed my victim mode. I changed the thought of all the bad things that have happened to me. And I brought it to all the good things I'm creating. Exactly. Perfect. Because that's when we talk about in positive psychology, there are 10 categories of saboteurs, right? And victim is one of them because when we're in the victim mode, it's not necessarily us. It's this persona that we created based on society, a lot of bad news out there. And even though it's not directly impacting us, but if we feel the pressure, it's transformed bearable negative energy. And same thing was something happened to our family or like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening to you, right? And when your friends start getting into the rabbit hole of all this crazy chaoticness, but forgetting that every single person you're born perfectly. And we start adapting all these external environment restrictions to put ourselves into this box. Now we start judging everything. Mm -hmm. And that's why we put ourselves into that thinking about, oh, all this is negative. It's just what your brain created. That's not what your true self knows. And we start forgetting of that. So when we, by study, every one negative experience or even negative thought are shown to need a three positive one to replace that. So of course, the more we can focus on the simple things in life, the aroma of the coffee and the tea that you're drinking, Mm-hmm. right? This slow warmness of the shower that's running down your face and your body, that little bubble that smells really good. If we're just rushing it, right? A lot of people just rushing out in the morning and then you get to work and you're like, oh my gosh, this it's not endless. Instead of being so focused on what is that one or two things that will really become non-negotiable, move you forward in life and they will align with how you want to show up, the big impact you want to do, right? People don't take that time just to stop. Right. You have to focus on things in this present time and appreciate the little things around you. Small steps will stack up. It's called the compound effect. You have to be persistent with them to realize that you are on track to reach your desired outcome and actually seeing the fruit of your labor. At the same time, don't compare yourself with others or let them influence your decision. The success that you see on your step five will not be the same result as someone on their step 50. Be excited about what you are doing. Align your thoughts to what you desire with a clear and positive mindset. They will reflect on how you function and how you deal with your daily tasks. Jim Rowe once said, If you really want to do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. I often coach people who are going through struggles in their life. And one of the ladies that I was coaching one time, she was agoraphobic. She literally could not leave her house. She was that afraid of going outside. After working with her for a couple of years, she actually took a solo trip to Africa, climbed mountains and hung out with gorillas, which was the coolest thing ever. 
But I remember a very specific life-changing moment for her. We were driving down the road, and I hear her little quiet voice to the side of me say, why do cars merge easily with you when you drive? And my, and my response was, because I love driving. You know, my focus was on a positive experience while driving, so I was getting a positive experience while driving. And her focus was on this person merging with us is going to hit us. You know, she was on that fear mode. I said, because I have chosen to love driving, I have a, a positive experience driving. So the question is, is if you're going through stressful times, and right now in the healthcare industry especially, it is a stressful time, right? If you're going through a stressful time, you can choose to focus on the stress or you can choose to focus on the good that you're doing or the changes that you're making. You can choose to focus that you are an action hero and not a reaction zero, right? You want to stay in that space of I'm doing good things in the world and I love the work that I do. It's so true. You're so right in that sense of we can choose to say, if I just take two minutes to breathe, to shake my body out, be more aware of where I am just at the present moment. And then I can say, I am not losing two minutes. It's all about what I'm gaining. I'm gaining the energy so I can talk to my patients without being so short. When, you know, all of us in the same way, if we're hungry, we're tired, and we're not ourselves, right? Like the commercial, <laughs> do you want a snicker bar, right? Like that type of kind of thing. <laughs> and, and so it's tough to be that perfect, that superhero all the time. And sometimes I feel like we don't have to be. We're not. We're humans. In itself, we are helping other people, but we still get sick ourselves. One of the study coming out of Johns Hopkins, which is can be surprising to some people, 31% of the primary care physicians are overweight or obese. So mm. if you think about like, how are you representing yourself as a healthcare professional when you interact with other people? Do you feel disalignment in the message that you portray in what health really is what success look like, what having a good life look like, right? And it's tough to be that stage all the time. And that's why even for all my clients and all my speakers, we wanted to see what's more internally. How do we assess left in this 10 major components? So John, when you saw your life will, anything pop into your head? I mean, nothing really stuck out that I thought. I, I, I'd really love to hear your assessment of my life wheel and see what you, what you thought of that life wheel after knowing my story. Yeah. So, well, this is a really more of a self-internalized sure. assessment. So, yeah, I'm going to give you my two seconds. So for us to look into these things, our life priority changes. And sometimes definitely a lot of my clients always are so good right? Making their private practice goals, their career goals, getting things done so well. But what we are constantly missing is how do I set the same goal and keep myself accountable and moving forward in my personal life? And then when they say personal life, they're just all felt like just like one umbrella instead of they're all individual. Mm -hmm. So when we can break down life into 10 components, we can see which areas we can leverage on right? The ones that you rank high in your score. And what are the one or two things that like that you rank lower and how can we elevate it at the same time, right? And what are the true barriers that stop us from even thinking about them? Right. right. I find, you know, because of what I do for a living, you know, the year before COVID, I did over 200 days of travel speaking out of 365 days a year. That's a lot of traveling. <laughs> right. And, and 
I find that I, I have a hard time focusing on my personal life because of the fact that work does get encompassed in my experience. So I'm constantly finding myself up at two in the morning working on something. And I have to put that sleep on my list because I become a workaholic towards my goals. And so I don't have your the wheel in front of me to say to say where where I was weakest. So maybe you can share some of that with us. Yeah. So with your will, the ones that you tap into is your spirituality and then area you want to focus on your health and fitness. Yeah. Well, that's the area I want to focus on health and fitness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true. (laughs) I got about 15 pounds of extra COVID weight on right now. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like many people share that same struggle. And for me, it's like I have my TRX at home. I have my little app that I do my set 20 minutes of cardio and then 20 minutes of yoga. And then uh, that's even something that people tap into is that it's okay to say, oh, I missed today. But if my goal is just four times a week, and that could be a moving goal, right? right. It, it just because you didn't hit it in the morning that you wanted to, and we don't have to feel bad about I didn't do it. I can simply move it in later the day when I can block out another 20 minutes or the next morning. So right. then you can still measure it, right? Make it as smart as possible and still give yourself that reward. Right. I completely agree. When, when I am... Um... When I looked at my own diets and everything, I followed the nutritionist from the, my hospital, from my doctor, and I gained weight. I started gaining weight like crazy. And I had to look into what was actually affecting me. And I discovered very quickly that I have, I have a really bad reaction to any, any carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. You put carbohydrates in me, and I instantly feel bloated. My face puffs up. My lips puff up. And it's any carbohydrate. I eat meat, eggs, and vegetables right now and some fruit. I don't eat any breads or any of that anymore. I don't have any sugar in my house because if I do, I bloat up and I, I will shoot up over 300 pounds in a minute. Uh, you know, And so I had to take control of my own health experience, even though even though my doctor was telling me I should eat a certain way. When I ate that way, it didn't serve me. And so, you know, I, I think there's a lot to do with, with especially in health and health. There's a lot to do with ownership. Now, the other thing you said that I lean into my spirituality, my life is my spirituality. Um, I'm very, I was very, uh, blessed to have a mother. She has her master's degree, had her master's degree in liturgy. And, uh, it was head of liturgical doctrine at our Catholic church. When I turned 18, she said to me, John, spirituality is a personal journey and you need to s- discover your own spirituality. So I started traveling and studying. I studied in India and, and in the Middle East. And I, I studied Buddhism and Hinduism and Islam. And I studied every religion I could get my hands on. And then I found universal truth in all of it. And now when I go through my life, I come at everything from a very spiritual perspective. So you're, you're absolutely right. I, I lean into my spirituality with every. In fact, I have two podcasts that I do. One of them is called The Interaction Hero, Awakening the Inner Power of Themselves, Personal Power. The other one is called Spirit Cafe, where I talk about what is spirituality, and I talk about it without guilt or dogma, but you know, what it, what's it mean to be spiritual. Perfect. Yes. I totally believe spirituality is not about one religion that you have to connect to, but it's this uh, energy world of how do you feed into each other and leverage that. Uh, And thank you so much for sharing. To wrap this up, it all comes down to our mindset to act. You cannot win with one-time process of rigorous planning and thinking. Most of the time, you 
be exhausted with the planning phase and end up paralyzing yourself. Find a block within your busy schedule. It might be five minutes or thirty minutes slot. Then plan it into your calendar as a daily or weekly event. For as long as you make progress, even just a little bit, you are one step closer to that goal. Don't let other people tell you otherwise, because it is you who controls your own life. And don't forget to slow down, sleep, exhale for a moment, or take a step back to see the big picture. Condition your body in the simplest way to bring out the best results. Surround yourself with positive thoughts, then your subconsciousness will help to bring out the best results of those you are focusing on. You could be doing anything and listening to anyone, but you choose to be here. I thank you for choosing to invest in yourself. You should also give yourself a pat on the back. There are two things that I would like to ask you to do right now. Number one, leave a five-star review on iTunes. We love hearing from you. Number two, share this episode with a friend or colleague who also enjoy our conversation. Odds are, if you are like me, who just want to get to the bottom, find out what's really going on in your practice, then I invite you to book a complimentary diagnostic consultation call with me. Go to sabrinarongback.com forward slash blueprint to find a time that works for you. We'll identify at least one barrier you currently have in running your practice and what you can do to change the situation. Let's see if we can create a blueprint for you. This will allow you to gain back your precious time, energy, and sanity. This is especially beneficial if you have an established clinic, but now feeling drained or unable to live up to your full potential. She really gets the conversation. She understands. She's an incredible listener. We were talking about worthiness, and she really understands the concept of it, how it affects people in their businesses, in their clinics, in in their daily life, in their relationships. So I just want to encourage you to jump on board and start listening to this woman because she has so much insight and wisdom that you don't want to miss out. Take an opportunity to meet with and talk with Sabrina. She's just a wealth of information and powerful results. And it, it for myself, just to be able to reflect and see what she's created by her forms and processes is amazing. I can't uh, emphasize enough. It's time well spent and uh, money well invested. And so take the time. Invest in yourself. My experience is really, really unique. Everything I've learned and she's taught has been applied at different levels and portions of my life. And I feel like I can continue to um, grow and develop these skills in the future. So I was able to do the one-on-ones as well as the group sessions with Sabrina and both had some really impactful things to teach me. There were a lot of things in there. I look at the chart of the desire zone because I was taking on too many things. I was doing too many things outside of my desire zone. And that allowed me to hone things back into the direction where they should be. What were some other things? that we Our first call that we ever had, there was a quote that you made, you gave me from the Dalai Lama. And these are simple things. I did, but it was my gratitude. And it hit me at that time because I'd forgotten to be grateful about what has been built. 
you know, everybody around me that sees what we're doing or, you know, sees what I'm doing here, my peers and colleagues, and they're very grateful for what I've been doing. They're like, oh, this is great. You know, we would love to be in the position that I'm in, and I forget that. But I forgot it. Don't you agree? If you don't allow a pair of unbiased eyes to take a look, you will never know what you don't know. This is your chance to gain back time and be a peak performing healthcare leader again.